Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Manufacturing IT Podcast. I'm joined today by Naveen Prunain. Naveen is the CEO and president of iBase T. Welcome to the podcast, Naveen. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, glad to be here. Glad to talk about what we're so passionate about, MES. Yeah, no, definitely, Naveen. And look, great, great to have you on the podcast. I know you said you've had a, a busy week and no doubt president and CEO, it's a, a full-on role. But um, for those of you who don't know, who are iBase team? Maybe you can kind of start there, Naveen. Sure. So uh, our company has been around for uh, 30 years now. So MES is, is nothing new to the industry. It's been around for a while, but really where we started is our main goal is to help customers simplify how they uh, build and maintain their products. So uh, from the early founders, uh, company was actually founded by my father in 1986, wow. uh, turned into a software company in 1995. Uh, but the vision has always been around leveraging technology to solve uh, fundamental manufacturing quality and sustainment problems. So uh, our customers are using our leading platform, uh, Solumina, to manage their production and sustainment operations. Uh, through process control, automate engineering change, and, and really to leverage data to effectively build products right the first time. Uh, so when you think about it, uh, you know, our customers are building an F-35 jet or a combustion rocket or a satellite or a turbine or a heavy industrial equipment. Uh, and when you think about it, it's thousands of parts, hundreds <laughs> and thousands of people, global work centers, uh, distributed supply chain, and, and how do you really orchestrate all these various uh, facets of a business to get a product out uh, quickly, effectively, and high quality? Yeah, no, it, it makes a lot of sense. And that kind of that leads on to the kind of first question, Naveen, really kind of what, which industries do, do I base T specialize in and kind of where is your, your kind of main uh, industry base? Sure. So we really got our start in aerospace and defense. So uh, on the C-17 program with McDonnell Douglas uh, and then Boeing. Uh, so really our pedigree and DNA came from uh, aerospace and defense. But as we were uh, working with these companies, we've really branched out uh, just from uh, aerospace. Uh, so really we call it in broader context, complex discrete manufacturers. Uh, nice. So anyone that's, that's producing a highly complex asset uh, they have the same sets of problems in order to get this product out the door. As I talked about, the, the complexity is with managing all the people, parts, machines, operations, and really uh, controlling that process. So if you're building a turbine, let's say, or you're building capital equipment like a, a, a Caterpillar equipment or, or John Deere or a power generator or transformer, uh, what you often see is there's a lot of change uh, and, and a lot of complexity. You may have a lot of different suppliers uh, and which what they need is to really leverage technology uh, to one, go digital, so to be able to put data into a system. Uh, and really we've architected a system that knows how to move data around effectively. Uh, so you can deliver the right information to the right person uh, at the right time and, and get that product out the door. Uh, so. What, what are those industries? Well, heavy industrial, shipbuilding, uh, obviously aerospace and defense, uh, medical device equipment, uh, complex electronics. Uh, so those are the types of customers we work with. 
No, really good insight there. I appreciate it, Naveen. And I guess from, from my side, obviously, I've been involved in MES and from a recruitment perspective for seven or eight years. And, and I guess where my client base and where my time is being spent is in that kind of regulated manufacturing, you know, pharma, biotech, med device a little bit. So I guess on a kind of Venn diagram, I'm over this side and, and you, you know, I based here a little bit over that side. And I guess where sure. we kind of meet, meet in the middle is the fact that we kind of both work within that MES space. And how have you seen the kind of market change over the last, you know, 10, 15 years that you've been involved with, with iBase T Naveen? Sure. So, you know, I think you make a good point there. there there's a lot of different MES solutions out there and, and mm. they come from different industries or they fit different industries, right? So you're going to mm. see sometimes different MES solutions for automobile versus for pharma versus for food and, and, and mm. process manufacturing. You know, obviously we're more focused around, um, complex discrete manufacturing. But, you know, one thing that we're seeing with the MES market is we really see that it's finally receiving the credit and importance that it deserves. So a lot of time <laughs> in that, I know. Uh, we, we have a colleague who likes to say he's been banging his head against the wall talking about the value of MES, but he now has a flat forehead. Uh, and uh, it's, it's one of those things that it's been around for a while, right? So mm. we've been around uh, since the 90s. Uh, with our product, maybe not as, as big uh, as it is today and, and has the robust capabilities as it does today, but it's been around for a while. And really, I think back then, it was really more the visionaries and the people who are the pioneers who could actually see a better future, right? Mm. I'm, I'm doing things on paper or I'm doing things <laughs> in pinpoint solutions. They said, hey, we need a, we need to consolidate this. We need a enterprise-wide solution that's going to manage uh, that workflow all the way from uh, concept, you know, how do I take engineering data? How do I put that in a way that's digestible in manufacturing? And then how do I push this out uh, into the value chain? So I think what you're seeing now is uh, with COVID and, and COVID hitting, it's really accelerated digital transformation in companies uh, across the globe. So this is not mm. just the US, we're seeing it in EMEA, we're seeing it in Asia Pac, uh, companies have a greater focus. And actually you're starting to see new uh, titles coming out. So it's no longer a CIO uh, that's mm. at a company looking to make these decisions, but you might actually have uh, a company that has multiple CIOs across different business units and then you may have an overarching chief digital officer who's thinking about how do I pull all the business units together? How do I pull engineering uh, and design and manufacturing uh, together and my supply chain? So there's now this greater focus, I think, towards digital transformation, but more importantly, how do I incorporate all these various uh, parts of an organization? And I think also people are realizing the tremendous value of digitizing uh, manufacturing and sustainment operations. So, you know, there is value in coordinating all your people, parts, design data. And, you know, what we see when we're working with customers that there's like one and a half percent to three percent bottom line profitability increases, which wow. equates to if you're if you're a you know, hundred million dollar organization or a, or a multi-billion dollar organization, that's millions, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of hidden waste uh, that's in uh, that's hidden in, in how you're producing a product. Definitely. And I think also with COVID, people now uh, realize that uh, 
MES allows for greater agility. So how do I pivot when the market changes with something like COVID-19? Yeah. There's going to be a, there's going to be other things that are going to happen, but how do I pivot my uh, operations to to uh, ensure that I can continue to move forward, you know, despite some of the circumstances and macroeconomic uh, and systematic risks that might uh, pop up. Uh, so there could be a well. What we saw was COVID nineteen. I need to continue mm. to build, but now we're seeing supply chain disruptions as a yeah. result of it. So now, how do I manage through those supply chain disruptions? Uh, so so and, and still get that product uh, out the door. So I think that's that's some of the things we're seeing now. But but really happy that MES is is the next thing, right? It's, it's mm. ERP, it's PLM, but MES is such a key critical enterprise uh, system. And now uh, the market's starting to realize its importance. Massively. And, and I guess, the, you know, from where I see the market is obviously a slightly different vantage point than yourself, Naveen. But you know, what, what I see across Europe, North America, Asia Pac as well, is that the demand for MES professionals is relentless. You know, we, we just as a company, as a, sorry, as a recruitment industry in this space, we just can't keep up with demand. It, it's a crazy space right now. Everybody seems to be taking on projects for MES or some sure. kind of digital transformation. How, how are you guys finding the, the workforce elements of, you know, progress? As you say, companies are now catching up to the benefits of digitalization. Companies are now keen to invest. You've got everything sure. in place. But have we got the staff to, to drive these projects? How are you guys finding that? So, I, you know, that's, that's a, a very good point, right? So I think... Now that people really understand its importance, now there's this constant drive and push towards getting uh, staff that can actually mm. help uh, with these types of implementations. And I think, uh, you know, what we've seen is, you know, there has been uh, a lack of training uh, in this area. And so you're starting to see companies uh, struggle, right, to find the right people and to get the right people. So. I think it's really important now that we have an ability to train this next generation. And, and, and that's gonna come from universities, like we work with Purdue University. We also work with MTC in the UK. How do we start creating programs and create a growth mechanism to start to build uh, that workforce so they can come out of college and go straight into these great jobs, which we need, right? Because at the yeah. end of the day, we need to get these products out. Uh, and uh, some of these products are critical to uh, our success as humankind, right? You know, these are highly innovative products that drives us into the future. So I think one, uh, th there needs to be a greater focus here uh, on the education and getting people up to speed. But, you know, what you're also seeing is, uh, you know, there's other organizations that understand MES. So it's not, it, it might just be us, uh, you know, we bring people in, we train them. If you know manufacturing, we can teach you MES, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's uh, not, uh, not complicated there. And we're seeing that even with other system integrators and people who are trying to build these books of business, create mm. those programs to get these uh, people in uh, to these companies. Well, what I was going to add on that, Naveen, is really an interesting one, because when I speak to manufacturers who are looking to hire people for their MES projects, they're keen for them to have that manufacturing background, understand that side of things. But then when I speak to software companies like, you know, iBase T or other companies, 
do you want people to have the software skills and then you teach them manufacturing or would you rather than the manufacturing and you teach them the, the MES skills? Which side of the coin would you say you were at? Sure. I think you, you make a good point. I think um, you need a little bit of both. So, mm. so we're, we're a software company, which means you know, we, we do need people who understand the, the technology and they understand the language of what mm. it takes to build. Uh, they need to understand things like product management. How do you put the right uh, things in, in the solution to get out there? Uh, but then you also need the domain expertise, right? And, and what we find is we have to definitely work with these manufacturers because they've been doing things a certain way. So they've been doing it on paper. They've been using Excel spreadsheets. But now you have to change their mind and mm. really have them rethink how to re-engineer their processes for the future. So that is, it's a whole different ballgame there, but, and sometimes bringing someone from manufacturing who only knows the old way of doing things and not yeah. the new way doesn't always help as well. So I think one, you start to look at that next generation, they all want digital, digital yeah. solutions. So uh, they're all hungry for it. They understand uh, when you look at the consumer side of, uh, of the world, you understand the value of technology when you're going in your iPhone and you're able to download all these apps and, you know, most of your apps are in the cloud, right? Uh, well, you know, all software is starting to move in that direction. So I think it's a combination of both. You, you have to be able to find the, the resources that understand the technology, but you have to find those who have some understanding of the domain expertise, but really understand the value of digital because they're going to be the ones that you put in your own program, they're going to go through it and they're going to say, oh, wow, I, I get this. I understand this. And now I'm going to go to the customer and really educate and teach them uh, how to leverage and adopt the solution. Yeah, no, I, I think that makes sense. And from, from our side, it, it's always the question we're always looking to find the answer to with our clients is, you know, where can we make the compromises? Because as far as I understand, there's no formal education around MES. It's hard to get the latest, you know, Gen Z or, or whatever the term is now for people entering the workforce to, to get that manufacturing experience because do many youngsters want to move into manufacturing? Is it sexy enough? I'm not sure. But yeah. from a digitalization perspective, who doesn't have an iPhone or an iPad or, yeah. or something along those lines? So it's about educating that generation into the benefits of supply chain or manufacturing process. And, and just to add on that point, that, that's, that's super important because if you're not doing this, if you're not investing in the technology as a manufacturer, you're not going to be able to hire uh, the, this next generation. That's very critical when you start to think about the next 10 years. You have to hire these millennials and Gen Zers and, and people who are familiar with mm. these types of technologies. That's what excites them. That's what's going to bring them in. And, and you know, we've talked to some manufacturers and who are looking at uh, how they've done things. You know, it's still on paper. It's still in Excel. <laughs> and these new people come in saying, "What is what's going on? This is like living in the dark ages." And they want to move on to the next thing. Uh, you know, even though. It is really exciting. These, these products are fantastic, but you still have to merge technology uh, in there to, and, and make sure that you know, you're appealing to that next generation. And I, and I think the industry that you mentioned, obviously discrete complex or complex discrete in manufacturing, a, a lot of those kind of aerospace or automobile companies that, that are operating there must have also a carbon net carbon footprint or, or whatever the, the, the term is to reducing their carbon footprint. So Gen Z coming in is going to be really interested in understanding their kind of green policies and, and understanding how they're 
you know, impacting the, the environment as well. And that's important. I think you're starting to see, I think we were just talking earlier, right? The UK is at record heats. Uh, we're experiencing record heat over here. So, so, so the world is changing. So we have to uh, just be more focused and more careful about, you know, how we're manufacturing or what mm. we're doing and, and what are the steps we're taking towards sustainability initiatives, right? Digital is, is one of those things that, that allows you to do that. And actually, you know, when you think beyond it, so, so having a digital system, you know, gets you out of paper, gets you out of the things that create that carbon footprint. Mm. And everyone wants to be net zero, right? How, how, how do I be a very sustainable organization? Digitalization is, is absolutely key to doing that. And then when you think about, as I talked about, when you're manufacturing, if you have all this waste, if you're building something, you don't build it right and you have to scrap it. <laughs> and, and rework it, you're just creating and, and adding to that carbon footprint. So how do you be as efficient getting those products out the door? And, and really, when you start to think about it too, in our world, customers are changing their products all the time, right? Mm. They want to continuously build it better, build it faster, but innovation is, is a key component of that. So you need to start to think of, hey, I have a, uh, an engine, but I really want to turn that into an electric engine you know, which is going to help us in the future. But there's so many steps I have to start thinking about and reiterating and redesigning and re-engineering. But how do you make that very efficient? You need these digital systems that really help you manage that process so you can get the product out the door without spending a ton of money on waste and rework and, and things that are going to, you know, leave a heavy carbon footprint. So I think if you have a sustainability initiative, MES falls right into that and, and digital transformation. No, definitely. And that kind of speed to value also is a huge point for manufacturers at the moment, isn't it? As you know, I know we mentioned COVID earlier, but in terms of now being able to have a digital workforce as well, who don't need to necessarily be on the shop floor per se all the time, I guess you can increase that time to value with production. And again, that goes to sustainability as well. Yeah, yeah, very good point. Because, because yeah, we're a global workforce now. And if we can do work and, and just, you know, a quick story, we, we have uh, a prospect that we were working with and they had to manage, they're managing their supply chain. But the way that they're managing their supply chain is they're taking somebody, putting them on a plane, sending them out, manually uh, inspecting a, a supplier. What are you doing? How are you doing it? Now he's, he's staying in the hotel. He's you know, increasing his carbon footprint, so to speak. And did he really have to fly there when you can actually manage this remotely with the right uh, digital system, uh, working collaboratively with the customer? So it, it's just, that's the old way of doing things. And as you start to think about, uh, you know, I talk about digital, but, you know, even cloud, right? Cloud adoption, mm. it's, it's allowing for greater collaboration. You're, you're able to have an ecosystem and a workspace that you can work really well together. I think that's where things are moving towards now. And, and that's only going to be better you know, for the environment. I mean, it's a really interesting point you make about that, that kind of potential client you were looking at. And, and I guess from our side and, and what we're seeing in the market now is that in this post-COVID era, most candidates now we're working with don't want to travel either. They don't want to jump on the plane to, to fly somewhere for, for meetings. And what we're seeing is the companies that are hiring, that are stealing the competitive edge, are the ones that are now really kind of driving those online meetings and driving the kind of less face-to-face -face meetings. And that's going to increase uh, adoption for, for staff joining the business as well and, and that kind of side of things. Yeah, definitely we're a global environment now. Yeah. It's going to be a hybrid work environment. 
I, I think for 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 the future, right? P people will realize that in this type of environment, we can work like this. And and, and once again, uh, you, you see the power of Zoom and Teams and, mm. and the ability to collaborate. You know, the same goes for how you collaborate with a supplier, right? You know, maybe you're meeting them on Teams, but how do you know what what work they're doing? How do you know if it? How, how do you maintain quality at a supplier, right? You know, and how do you how do you do that in a digital way, uh, and, and create essentially the business logic that's going to allow you to work more effectively uh, with your supply chain? You know, these are these are really important, and 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 we've evolved working with our customers, ensuring that we can do that because we see that's the the way forward, right? It it mm. needs to be digital. It's really important. Doesn't mean you don't see them face to face. You don't have a client <laughs> meeting. And, yeah. You know, you go to dinner and, and have a beer together. Uh, you know, that's still extremely important. But you don't need to do it uh, all the time. Uh, mm. uh, well, what makes sense to me? And one of the things I was going to ask, I don't know if you saw recently, but I, I put a poll out on LinkedIn. It was, you know, what's the future of MES? And there was one option for monolithic system. There was one for modular MES, kind of the no code, low code. Yeah. There was another one for, you know, IoT based systems. And I wanted to ask you about where you see the future of MES, because it must be a number of your clients are defense and, and kind of discrete manufacturing providers. Are they really driving to kind of cloud adoption? Are they happy to, to have their data and their stuff in the cloud? Or are they kind of pulling back from that and keen to maintain ownership over that? What are you seeing as the kind of future for MES, but also with, with your clients in mind? Sure. So, so there's a few things that we're seeing. Um, you know, one, there is a bigger push towards COTS. So, so an off the shelf solution, right? I want an application product that's configurable. Mm. Uh, you know, when you look at MES, it, it's, it's been very customized, right? So yeah. a lot of people have either, you know, brought in people to customize code, uh, or a lot of the solutions out there, they have a base capability with a lot of code that's built on top. You know, what that means is there's a lot of technical debt that starts to uh, accumulate. And oftentimes it might only be one or two people that know what was in there and what was coded. And uh, so, so that, that doesn't bode well for scale, right? Especially if they win the lottery and then they're out of there, right? <laughs> so what, what you do see is this push towards an, an, an off the shelf solution an out of the box solution. And, and when you look at something like Salesforce, right? It, they have the business logic, they have the capabilities, and it's configurable. So I configure it to my process. That's how we view the world of MES as well, right? Okay. We want to make sure that we have that business logic and capability, but we also build in the flexibility of how you build your process, execute through the process, the data that you're collecting, you need to define it for your work environment. So that's where a lot of focus has been uh, for us. I think, uh, and other MES providers as well, I think that's where the focus is going to be uh, you know, for those uh, other companies as well, and, and for the market. Also, I think what's important is uh, when you start thinking about MES, it's the partner ecosystem. So it's really not about just one product uh, mm. or company. So, okay, I've, I've chosen iBase-T uh, to deliver their Salumina platform. Great, but I want to integrate to my PLM system, you know, whether it's Windchill or Team Center. Uh, you know, how do I integrate and, and leverage all that great data that's coming from PLM? How do I integrate to ERP and make mm -hmm. sure that I'm connected to SAP or, you know, in 4LN or a Dell Tech 
or you know any any IFS, any number of solutions that are out there, make sure that I'm coordinating effectively. So what you're seeing now is this concept of digital thread yes. uh, is, is becoming more prevalent, which means I want all my systems to work collaboratively. And so uh, architecting a solution that can do those handshakes with other systems. So, you know, we're, we're open APIs. APIs is, uh, you know, the, the future. So, so we can make sure that we have a great base system, but you can create these connections without breaking anything. It's, mm. It doesn't require a bunch of uh, uh, custom code. And it's also not just, uh, you know, MES, it's, uh, it's once again, it's, it's those other products that you're putting in because IoT, right? IoT is fantastic. Mm -hmm. IoT is actually really good layered on top of MES, right? Because you start to think of the edge technology sensors and pulling in that data, you know, where are you going to put it? It, it? it fits perfectly within MES, right? There's certain things, let's say we're not going to do, but machines and sensor data are going to collect and do, but you want to make sure you can pull that in and, and also deliver any of that data as needed to, let's say, PLM, so they can create uh, better designs. And, and what we, and also, how do you scale? So it's not just about products, it's also about people, right? Mm. So this is where you need to bring in system integrators like uh, an Accenture or a DXC or an HCL or an Infosys or any of these number of companies, an ATS. How do you bring these uh, companies together to help you uh, uh, to deploy your uh, solution effectively and scale it globally? Because sometimes, yeah. you know, uh, operations are global. And then cloud adoption is, you know, <laughs> in our world, aerospace and defense, they said, no, 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 no. But yeah. after COVID, they're saying, oh my gosh, you know, so we need to go. So you look at, uh, and, and what we're seeing is more, you know, maybe Azure Secure Cloud or AWS GovCloud and, you know, we see a greater push than, than, than we've seen before. And actually, when you start to think about agility, scalability, security, mm. uh, they're starting to realize that, that it is more secure than a, a, a private cloud or, or an yeah. on-premise uh, data center. Because once that gets compromised, then what? Then mm. what are you going to do, right? So <laughs> CIOs are starting to change their mentality about that. And then, um, you know, what we're also seeing in MES is it's not just the enterprise, I mean, a big OEM solution. It's yeah. going down uh, into the supply chain as well. So the market is the market demand is expanding and existing. So we have customers who are saying, hey, I liked MES. I had it in 20 sites, but now I want to go full-blown enterprise. I need to expand it across all my business units, across uh all my plants and facilities, and then I want to have this one uh, data strategy, right? And then you're starting to see supply chain, right? So you think an OEM might have thousands of suppliers, but they're so critical on those suppliers to su supply the components. So now they're saying, hey, you guys need to get your act together. You guys need to invest in a digital system. And actually those that do allows them to have, a, a, they can be more competitive in bidding for business uh, with a large OEM. All right, so really interesting insight you've given, Naveen, and I really appreciate you speaking candidly there and, and really kind of opening up on what you're seeing and some of the different th thoughts that you have on that space. It, it's really interesting to share this. What I wanted to kind of maybe towards the end of the episode now talk about it is a little bit about yourself. I know you've been with the business a number of years. You, you mentioned it was your father who founded the business. So, you know, sure. for those kind of looking at, at you, for example, 17 years, 
give or take with iBase T, you know, your journey to CEO president now, you know, what kind of words of wisdom would you give somebody looking to start their career within manufacturing, within software, within MES, you know, who kind of maybe have a, a career path like yourself who would be interested in, you know, can you share sure, the words sure. of wisdom on that? Sure. So, you know, my father started the company. So obviously he bootstrapped it uh, as a telecommunications company, saw the inefficiency on the shop floor <laughs> and decided that, hey, there, there's a problem here and, and we need to solve it. And then I think I can solve it by building a team uh, together and uh, effectively going to market. You know, I think manufacturing is one of those things that it's so critical, right? you need manufacturing to build products and it can be extremely exciting, right? So some people might not understand, but when you get to work with amazing companies like, like a Virgin Orbit, that was a pre-revenue company, uh, you know, it was an idea by Richard Branson riding on a napkin saying, Hey, let's, <laughs> let's remove an engine and let's put a rocket and let's do low earth uh, uh, satellite launches, right? From a 747 uh, aircraft. I mean, whoa, what, what is that? But <laughs> to be able to come up with that idea, turn it from, from a pro, to, to a prototype and now to a product, extremely exciting. And, and also what you're seeing is like this new market, uh, electronic vertical takeoff and landing uh, vehicles, right? So air taxis, mm. once again, electric, highly sustainable, you know, better for our future. Uh, but you know, I was just driving back from LAX the traffic was insane. And I was thinking, <laughs> man, I'd love to get on a Lillian jet and just be able to go up and, and, and get to uh, Orange County quickly, effectively. Uh, but you're seeing all these great new products uh, uh, come to market. Uh, electrification is just you know, one of those uh, uh, key things that are happening. So I think, um, you know, and, and then for me, you know, I came in out of college, you know, worked with the company, learned about the business. You know, I think manufacturing is fantastic. You, you have to understand uh, how a business runs, right? You have to understand how a software company runs. So in my case, I, I, I even worked in QA, I worked in IT, I worked in marketing, I worked in sales, you know, before I eventually became CEO, right? I had to understand the business. How does it function? What are those decisions you need to make? Uh, to eventually assume a role like uh, a CEO position. But I think what came out of all of this is if you have the mindset and the desire, uh, it, you're very capable of getting there. And, and I don't know if you know also about the company, but after my father passed in 98, uh, my mother came in and she was a nurse, okay. right? Wow. So she was a, a full-time nurse, uh, in a uh, high risk obstetrics, uh, and had the, had her midway three and and she came into a, a tech business as a wow. tech ceo and ran wow. the company for 25 years so wow so that's like a completely different story but you know once again if you have the perseverance and you care about your customers you care about your people you'll always find a way to make it happen and, and i think that's that's the key thing and and really um we need this next generation to to, to get excited about the future, right? Yeah. And I think the products that can come out can really drive where we go uh, as, a, as a world, right? And so those who, who take a focused effort on manufacturing and understanding that they can be part of bringing great products uh, to the market, 
I think, uh, you know, we're starting to see that resurgence happen. Mm. You know, I, I know there's been a lot of people who want to be social media influencers and, and <laughs> things like that. And, you know, I think that's all good. But at the end of the day, you know, we need to be able to build products that moves us into the next generation. And I think it's up to us as a CEO and even you having this podcast, talking, uh, talking about the industry. I think this is all great stuff to start to inspire that next generation uh, and, and have them understand they can be part of something fantastic and great. And in our case, we're working with multiple customers that are, that are amazing and producing amazing products. And I think we're very fortunate to actually be able to work with all these different companies, all these people, uh, um, and, and really get exposed to, uh, how the world is, is changing one product at a time. Uh, I mean, I think that's a great way to finish the podcast. I mean, I think it's a really good, really good point you make. And I guess this is one of the really exciting things that I see is that, you know, we're really at the vanguard of the future of manufacturing and that's across different different industries, different products, different, you know, evolutions of technology. So it's just a fascinating space to be in. But um, I appreciate you're a busy guy. So thanks so much for joining me. Um, and uh, yeah, appreciate your time. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate what you do and I appreciate you highlighting, you know, the importance of MES. And uh, I think you're going to be pretty busy uh, the com coming the next uh, three to five years. So I hope so. <laughs> right. Thank you. Cheers to being Thank fine. You. Thank you.